going to run and not be weary. You're going to walk and not faint. But you don't know it because you're still leaning on the flesh. And God loves you enough to kick that training wheel out from under you and push you and say, now walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas, Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Life Talk, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, Pastor Jeff continues his exciting series, The Gift. On the last Life Talk program, Pastor Jeff introduced us to the person of the Holy Spirit. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that works salvation in us when we ask Christ to come into our hearts. You may ask, when we are born again by faith in Christ Jesus, just how will we be able to live this new life we've been given successfully? I know that I am going to need help. Well, today, Pastor Jeff tells us exactly how we will be able to succeed in our new life in Christ. So, grab your Bibles and let's go right to part two of his message, The Holy Spirit is a Gift. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, the natural birth. The first time you're born, you're born with Adam's nature. We naturally sin against God. We naturally go our own way. We are natural rebels against God. That's the problem with America. America is in revolt against God. And that's the natural Adam nature we're born with. So that which is born of the flesh, the natural birth, is flesh. But that which is born of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit touching your heart when you're saved, that's the spiritual birth, is spirit. Born once, you're lost. Born twice, you're found. Born once, you're going to hell. Born twice, you're going to heaven. Born once, you're flesh. Born twice, you're spirit. Born once, you are the devil's child. Born twice, you are God's child. Born once, you're lost. Born twice, you're found. That's what Jesus is telling us. Jesus, the greatest philosopher, the greatest thinker in the history of the world. Not to mention the Savior. Then he said, do not marvel, Nicodemus, that I said to you, you must be born again. You must be born twice. You must be born of heaven. Jesus then went on to describe how the Holy Spirit operates. He compares him to the unpredictable blowing of a wind in the way that he will suddenly out of nowhere touch a person's heart with conviction and bring them to repentance in Christ. He said, the wind blows where it wants to. You hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So it is with everybody who is born of the Spirit. Last night I was sitting out on my patio drinking coffee, which God made on the eighth day. You read that, right? And I'm sitting out there on my patio, and it's dusk, and I'm watching the birds. You know, the heat is kind of going down some. The sun is setting. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere came this 
fierce wind. And it bent the oak tree in my backyard. It just bent it almost in half. And I had to jump up and close our umbrella and pick some things up. And and the branches were blowing and the leaves were rustling and blowing off of this tree. And it was this fierce wind came out of nowhere. Jesus said, that's the way the Holy Spirit moves. There's Jeff Wickwire. Many years ago as a 16-year-old juvenile delinquent sitting in juvenile home with no future, no hope, no aspirations, no nothing, maybe headed to prison, and suddenly the wind blew through the juvenile home. That wind of God blew through the juvenile home. And I heard the gospel, and I got saved. How is it? How can you explain it? I stand behind this pulpit because Jesus reached out, sent His Spirit, convicted me of sin, and led me to that cross to the cross where my sins were washed away, to the cross where the Spirit of God came into my heart and changed me into another man. So Jesus couldn't be more clear that we're born again by the operation of the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of God comes to live inside of us, we are literally brought to life, resurrected spiritually. Ephesians 2, 1, you He made alive. You, he made alive. Well, you can only be made alive if you were dead. You, he made alive. And it says, who were dead in trespasses and sins. He performs in us a spiritual heart transplant. In the Old Testament, the prophet Ezekiel prophesied of this very thing when he wrote, watch this, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart, responsive to God, responsive to God. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And without this experience, you cannot go to heaven. Let me make it real simple. I've never scuba dived, but I know those who have. And why do they put on you a wetsuit? And why do they put that mask on you? And why the oxygen tank? Because you are not made to live underwater. You must be fitted to go underwater. You must be suited up to go underwater. Because if you're not suited up and fitted for it, you will drown. You will die underwater. You weren't designed to live underwater. And what Jesus is telling us is you've got to be fitted for heaven. You've got to be suited up for heaven. You've got to be born again. You must be born again or you will not be able to live in heaven. You must be changed. This is why the Bible says, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. We must be fitted for heaven by being born again. So the gift of the Holy Spirit is given so that we can be born again, born twice, born from heaven, and receive a brand new nature. How many of you are glad for the Holy Spirit? Amen. Now, there's a second reason the Holy Spirit is given as a mark of ownership. The Holy Spirit is a mark of ownership that we belong to God. Listen to Ephesians 1. And when you believed in Christ, listen to what it tells us He did. The minute you said, Jesus, forgive me, He sealed you, identified you, marked you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit who He promised 
long ago. Now I want you to notice the words. He identified you, sealed you, marked you. Why? To show you that you were his own. That you were his own. It's telling us something. I'm going to be real politically incorrect here, which I love to do because I hate political correctness because it requires you to lie. And it requires you to deny reality. It used to be that one of the signs of mental illness is when you denied reality. And since political correctness requires you to deny reality, I think political correctness makes people mentally ill. I think we're seeing that in our country, but that's another message. So let me be politically incorrect. Are you ready? I'm really going to go politically incorrect. Here's what Jesus is telling us. He identified you and sealed you as his own, which must mean not everybody is God's child. We're all God's creation because He made us in His own image. God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit all involved in making man out of the dust of the earth into His own image. But because He created you, Jesus is letting us know doesn't mean you're His child. You are all God's creation, but you're not all God's children. We know according to the Bible that we are His child when the Holy Spirit has taken residence in our hearts. And that's the mark, the seal, the identifying imprint of the reality of being God's child. Listen to what he says, Romans 8, 15. The Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And to Him or by Him, that is by the Spirit, we cry Abba, Father, that when you say, Jesus, come into my heart, I repent of my sin, he sends his spirit to live inside of you, and when he does that, you look up for the first time in your whole life and you say, Papa. In other words, let me just put it this way, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? That's the number one question that every human being must answer. The most important question in all of life is not where you're going to go to school, not who you're going to marry, not where you're going to live, none of that. The most important question is who's your daddy? Who's your spiritual daddy? Paul went on to say you are not controlled by your sinful nature, speaking of Christians. You are controlled by the Spirit. Listen, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have, so there are those who don't have, The Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. So not everybody is His child. I know that's not politically correct. We like to say, oh, everybody's God's children. We're all God's children. No, you're not. You're all God's creation. But you're not God's child till you turn to Christ and the Holy Spirit comes to reside in you. That's what it tells us. One day, things got really, really real between Jesus and the Pharisees, and Jesus was riling them up. They were really mad at Jesus. They finally killed him. They were mad at him, and they proudly said, we have one Father, God. God's our Father, Jesus. Now, listen to what Jesus said. If God were your Father, you would love me. You are of your Father, the devil. 
Now, these are religious teachers who got up every week in the synagogue and taught the law of God. And he looks at them, Jesus, our Savior, looks at them and says, you're of your father, the devil. The devil's your daddy. Now, you know, somebody preaches like that today. We say they're not being very loving. They're not this and that. Listen, most people wouldn't go to a church that Jesus pastored. He was too truthful. And so here they are. Boy, he nails them. You are of your father the devil, and therefore the desires of your father are what you want to do. You want to do what the devil wants to do because you haven't met God as your father yet. And you're rejecting me the only way you could ever come to know God as your father. Until you're born from above, according to Jesus, God's not your father. Only after being born again can you truthfully look up and say, Daddy, Papa, and be truthful. But not only that, not only is he a mark of ownership, He's a guarantee that we're already signed for, sealed, and delivered to go to heaven. Let me give you some good news today. Listen to what it goes on to say. The Spirit, the Spirit of God living in you is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify Him. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of what is coming. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee that one day you who are here are going to be there. It's the guarantee. Now, recently, just last week, I sent my sister in Houston a very valuable package. And because it was a valuable package, I didn't trust just putting it in the mailbox and letting the mailman take it. I went to Post and Parcel where I could watch over it, hoover over it, make sure they got it off right. So I went into Post and Parcel, and, and I put it in a box. And I paid for its delivery. And I walked away knowing it was signed for, sealed, and delivered to my sister. Later that day, she called me and she said, Jeff, did you send it? And I said, Judy, it's as good as there. Now watch this. When we receive the Holy Spirit into our hearts by turning to Christ, He seals us. He's already signed for us with the name of Jesus. He's already paid for us to be delivered by the blood that He shed for us. And so when we receive the Holy Spirit, it's God saying, all right, you're marked, you're signed, you're sealed, and you're delivered for. You are as good as there. Good as there. Everybody say with me, I'm as good as there. That's why the Bible says, you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus right now. You say, Jeff, now you're really going overboard because I'm sitting in a brown chair in Turning Point Church, and it's getting kind of old, the chair, and we know that. We're going to get some more, but that's where I am. That's not the way God sees you. God looks down and says, they've been signed for, sealed, delivered, paid for. It's done. They're as good as here. So as far as I'm concerned, they're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's only a matter of your body catching up with the reality of what God has already done. Now, the last thing the gift of the Holy Spirit is given for is to give us the power to live the Christian life. Now, one of the things that really concerned me when I heard the gospel sitting in juvenile home, it flashed through my mind 
this young man, me, who had always been in trouble, so much trouble. The first thing I thought is, oh, come on, me become a Christian? I'll never live up to it. I will mess up instead of living up to what God expects of me. Me become a Christian? Me go to church? You have to be kidding me. And I was right, except for one thing. I did not understand the power of the Holy Spirit, that God gave us the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you shall receive power. Can everybody say that word with me? Power. From the Greek word dunamis, from which we get dynamite. You will receive explosive, dynamic, spiritual power. This is not a religion of rules and regulations and creeds. It is a walk with God who gives us power that enables us to crucify our sinful flesh and walk in obedience to God. He said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to give you power. Listen to what Paul told the Roman church. If through the power, there it is, if through the dunamis, if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. How do I put down the flesh? How do I resist temptation? By the power of the Holy Spirit living in me. He is God's dunamis power. And He came to give us the power to live out the Christian life. Now let me just make this simple for you. I have almost grown up riding bicycles. I ride bicycles now. You know that I like cycling. And my very first bike, of course, was not a bike. It was a trike, tricycle, little three-wheeler. And I remember as a little bitty kid riding it up and down the driveway, riding my little tricycle. And I loved it. I just kind of liked being in motion. But one day I decided I wanted a stingray. Now, those of you who are as old as me know what I'm talking about. Those of you who don't, I feel for you. Stingray was a little bike that everybody wanted. Had the banana seat, had the high handlebars, had the slick back wheels like you were on a motorcycle kind of, and it was a Stingray. I wanted a Stingray, but there was a problem. I didn't know how to ride without three wheels, and so my dad got training wheels for me. So I got my Stingray, sat down on that banana seat, felt like I was big deal. But here I am on the training wheels. And the training wheels, you can't go very far, maybe a little bit up and down the street, but the training wheels were so that I could go this way or that way, but I would not fall. They were there, so I would not fall. And one day my dad came to me and said, Jeff, it's time you lose the training wheels. I can't do that, Dad. If you take off the training wheels, I will fall. He said, well, then let's just try one. So he took off the left one and left the right one because I was right-handed. You know what I started doing? Leaning right the whole time I rode. (laughs) Leaning right. I'm leaning right on that training wheel. I'm just leaning right because I'm so afraid if I go left, there's no training wheel and I will fall. So I turned right, went right. I was going in right circles. (laughs) And then one day my dad said, Jeff, if you really want to get the most out of this bike, you're going to have to lose the other training wheel. But I can't, Dad. I can't lose the training wheel. I will fall. He said, let's give it a try. He took it off. I sat down on that banana seat and he pushed me and I started pedaling. And all of a sudden, I realized I was experiencing a law 
that I had never experienced before. It was the law of gravity and motion. That as long as I stayed going forward, I did not fall. And not only that, but I could go farther and I could go faster. And I went around the block without that training. Was, I remember feeling like I got set free. Yeah. Now listen, it's the same way when you get saved. When you get saved, you don't know, but you got training wheels. You've got things in the flesh that you've always leaned on. I lean on that smoking. I lean on that drinking. I lean on that bad temper. I lean on this and I lean on that. And you know what God loves you enough to do? He walks up and says, you know what? You're going to have to lose the training wheels. And so he says, let's just take out. So you give out a couple of things in the flesh and you find that I'm still leaning though on that one thing, but you don't know, you don't need that thing in the flesh anymore. As a matter of fact, as soon as you get rid of it, you are going to fly. You're going to sail. You're going to run and not be weary. You're going to walk and not faint. But you don't know it because you're leaning right. You're still leaning on the flesh. And God loves you enough to kick that training wheel out from under you and push you and say, now walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Paul said, if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature. Now listen to this. He says, the law. He's talking about a law. He says, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from training wheels. The law. With me was the law of motion and gravity. I realized I didn't need the training wheels. I thought I needed them, but I didn't. As a matter of fact, I didn't know what the bike could do till I got rid of the training wheels. You don't know what Christianity can do until you get rid of the training wheels and walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Everybody say free. free. From the law of sin and death. So I wake up one day and I say, okay, Lord, I'm not going to lean on the flesh here. I'm not going to lean on the flesh there. But I'm going to trust the law of the spirit of life. And that's when you run. Let's say this together. The spirit has been given that we might receive a new nature, a mark of ownership, and power to live it out. Most of us have heard about the mark of the beast all of our lives. But have you ever heard that we believers are marked by our Father in heaven and sealed as well? It is the Holy Spirit that is the seal of the Most High God on us and in us. That is some very comforting news. When we came to Christ Jesus by faith, God now has us covered. He has our backs. We are marked for grace and favor by the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Well, that's it for now. We hope you've enjoyed the message. But remember this today. The Holy Spirit will be with you and live in you wherever you are or wherever you go. Join us on the next Life Talk program as Pastor Jeff begins the message, The Holy Spirit is not an it. Until then, may God bless you richly. The Holy Spirit is a gift. 
is the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, The Gift. You can own a copy of this six-CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Gift, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. So call now, toll free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.